Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember, and that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Come on, lady. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virginradiouk. All right, well, we're live. We're back live at the top of the tower with our pals at cinch.co.uk. The same tower which will be hosting Tom Hanks on Friday morning. Tom's been on the show before, but he's never come in. Um, other people, you can't keep them away, can you, really? Um, no. <laughs> no reference to our guest today. Uh, we're so excited to have um, Glenn and Chris with us. Give them all the beans, please, Vassus, in the intro. From up the junction to up the top of the tower, our next guests are your favourite band's favourite band. They're about to go on tour to celebrate their 50th anniversary with tickets available this Friday from 10. But now, with the iconic Cool for Cats, it's the very cool cats who are Squeeze. Yeah! And everybody tells me it's cool to be a cat, it's cool for. Control room. <laughs> that was awesome. I've heard that song like a ten thousand times. I've seen it live about twenty-five times. That was uh, that was the best it's ever been. What's going on with you, Tilbrook? Uh, yeah, I just like playing the guitar. And I'm getting you, you better and better and better. So climbing. It's great. Chris, even you were looking on slightly dumbfounded there. I, I was gobsmacked. It was like being in, in a Mexican restaurant or something. All that was just <laughs> two <Cheers> hands. <laughs> Glenn, seriously, were you making that hard for yourself on purpose? Uh, no, it was just great. Oh, man, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Have you been warming up outside? I have not, no. I only just I walked in the building ten minutes ago. You were doing the bass, you were doing <laughs> the, the lost. lead. That it's was amazing, wasn't it, It Chris? is incredible. You've seen him do that before, but... Well, not quite like that. That was beautiful on a, on a nylon string as well. That was amazing, man. Thank you for bringing your A-game yet again to the studio. <laughs> so 50 years. Jeez, come on. Uh, the, what's the first, the first time you ever laid eyes on each other? Uh, it was outside a pub in Blackheath. Yeah, put an ad in the sweet shop window and then we uh, arranged to meet. And, uh, yeah, that's the first time we saw Who each other. Who placed the ad? I did, yeah. Who placed the ad? On a postcard? On a postcard in a sweet shop window above fridge for sale, I think. Was it 5p a week or something like that? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's what they were, weren't they? Postcards were 5p a week. Yeah. I thought it was great value for money for an advert in the local... Because everybody used to go there to look yeah. at the ads. Yeah. Uh, so, so Glenn, you pitched up. What happened next? I pitched up and, uh, well, Chris was... I'd met Jules, I think, about a year before. So I was playing with, with uh, Jules already, but Chris was the first person I, I met who wrote songs. And... Uh, he played me some of his songs and it was absolutely incredible. And we clicked really straight away and realised after a, like a couple of months of playing that probably his lyrics are stronger than mine and probably my tunes were stronger than his on the whole. Yeah. Um, so we started dividing our Is time. Is that a fair that appraisal? Way. It's absolutely spot Bang on. Bang on. Spot on, yeah. 
So, cool. you know, it just it just works. And um, in the first few years we were together, we couldn't get any gigs, so we spent just all our time writing, which wow. is just such a great grounding. Yeah. Writing and playing. Yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah. Just lying bedrooms. on the floor listening to music. It's not the best. It's the best thing, oh wasn't it? Oh, my God. No distractions. No distractions. Lying on the floor listening to music. Yeah. <laughs> Ceilings have never been so beautiful, have they? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, really. How great are ceilings, by the way? Yeah. You know, talk about, you know, they, people say when you're outside, you don't look up enough. We just don't look up enough anyway. No. I want to lie on the ceiling. I'm going to lie on the ceiling now. Just the, I mean, it's, look, it's the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, though. There's that scene in Waynesville, isn't it, where they like the end of the runway and the plane's just flying over them all. It's the best thing. Got to look at it. gives me butterflies. Um, and so, do you play with Jules already? I didn't know that. Jules Holland, by the way, who we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'd met. Uh, he was trying to sell a mate of mine a guitar. So, I, as the uh, local guitar one. expert, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't for, do for a fiver, and it wasn't worth a quid. I mean, it was just a terrible guitar, and I right. advised my mate not to buy it. But uh, Jules was the first other person I met who could play, so we started playing together. So he's was, playing piano then. He was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already. So, so he and I started playing, and uh, we played. A lot, actually, but you know, our writing never really went anywhere. It was always about playing. So, how come Chris was such a better? What makes? What is it about lyrics that jump out at you? You know, over and above your own. The, the fact that they're there and there's lots of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, and that they were great. You know, I I would never have what thought was great, what was the imagination that Chris had, the influences that he had when I met him were just uh, way out of my remit. I was more into for, uh, more straightforward pop music. Yeah, and which, were they concise? Were they more profound? Did they have more of a message to them? Because Bernie Tolpin was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Oh, how he's, was that? Oh, amazing. His yeah. book, have you read his book? No. Oh, it's a, oh his book is like, wow. it's gorgeous, his book. But, you know, Elton John, you know, readily admits, can't, he can't write lyrics for Toffee. No. Nor can Andrew Lloyd Webber. You know, you mm. you could, though, that's the difference. Mm. Just not as good as Chris's. Mm. No, nowhere near. I mean, mm. I think, you know, uh, also at that point, you know, I was 15 when I met Chris and he was 18. That's Quite Different. a gap when you're yeah, at that actually. age, you know. I've yeah. closed in on him since then. <laughs> yeah. And what were you writing about? What was on your mind? Oh, God, it was all over the place. It was sort of uh, failed romance. Yeah. Ju- juvenile stuff, really. Yeah, but you're at the centre of all that, aren't you? You've got so much on your radar at that age. Well, yeah, and I'd been to see David Bowie play an acoustic show at a local theatre, and, uh, you know, when I got introduced to his songwriting, I just thought, well, you can go anywhere. Can be all over the place. You got introduced to David Bowie. Did he you played, just say that out loud? He played at Eltham College, and wow. uh, in those days, everybody sat on the floor to watch gigs. Wow. You know, and people used to lay on the floor to listen to music, <laughs> and they would sit cross legged on the floor to listen to music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In those days. I saw a clip on of, of David Bowie on Instagram yesterday when he was, um, he was in. Uh, a studio Pink Floyd were playing at the same time and he was mm. talking about his influence Pink Floyd influencing him and how, how come do you, how come do you think because because in the 70s you know it was funny wasn't it because this the 60s was such a relief and a release from the the horrible macabre black days of yeah. World War Two. you know yeah. Hockney came along and Larry mm-hmm. he went out of the gift shop and mm-hmm. it was all about optimism and hope and peace and love and then the pill came in and then you know you had the <coughs> this, the, mm. <laughs> the rock and roll and the psychedelia of the 60s then the drugs came in mm. and sort of um, led everybody to believe in the 70s they were still having the kind of time they were in the 60s but the song suddenly got nine minutes longer yeah they surprise did. surprise yeah but the phoenix from that fl- those flames was 
David Bowie in many ways and yeah. punk. Yeah. Um, how do you think he was, he managed to be so original when he was you so immersed? Because that was a big old deep mm. swimming pool, wasn't it? The seventies. Well, I think he was influenced by uh, proper song songsmiths, you know, like the Anthony Newleys of the world, yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and thank God drugs did come in in the seventies because it did mix things up. Yeah, and did, did they said, did, you know, did the um, substance lead, lead the musical? Did the music inspire the substance? Probably a bit of both. Bit of both, I would imagine. Yeah, I would definitely. imagine. And it's funny, isn't it? Because like they say, how can musicians keep writing amazing songs about the same old thing well it's because when you're 18 you think you're the first person ever to exactly. discover everything exactly <laughs> and it's the same thing over thousands and thousands of years and hopefully it'll be the same over thousands and thousands of years to come yeah but because it comes from you so authentically nobody else seems to mind yeah who's experienced it before they go oh it's your turn yeah, yeah. and that's the deal isn't <laughs> exactly. it exactly you're passing it on yeah and i suppose that's why it gets frustrating as you get older because it's not your turn anymore yeah I so know. you have to write about different things Whose turn is it? I don't know. I, it's, it's whatever the universe, who's ever turned yeah. they want it to be, I yeah. suppose. I don't know. I can't believe, if you don't mind me saying, I can't believe, Chrissy, you're 69. I had, I had to look again. Did you? Yeah, honestly. You're, you're, and it's the same with McCartney and, you know, with Glenn and with everybody. You're all, it's not fair because you, you, are, you are defying, this has never happened before. Yeah, different generation. Different generation. I think, you know, it's, I think it's pickled. You you just get pickled. No, not if you keep your pick in your hand. <laughs> the pick keeps the pickled jar away, I think. So you're embarking on this tour. It's selling. We're selling it almost a year ahead of schedule. Gigs and tours. uk. Twenty seven dates, and here we are looking at like you know the history of Squeeze. Um, they, these are some of the bands that supported Squeeze in the past. Dire Straits, The Jam, REM, The Specials, U2, and XTC. Wow. John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. Wow. Um, you've been to see you two at the Sphere. Tell us about that. Uh, the most amazing show. Um, it's uh, definitely is like seeing the future. The future has arrived, and that is it. And you know that's going to roll out all over the place, and eventually that will be a normal thing. And uh, I've never seen anything before that you know, like you're in front of me in this room. It's that realistic. The stuff. So you two are there playing, and but just everything around it changes. Totally submersive. Not a distraction, just a new thing. Yeah. Like sound on movies. Is that big? The sound is incredible as well. The sound everywhere, you know, you don't miss a trick. But I'm not sure how many bands could do that. I mean, they are a a very special band. And the graphics that go with their songs is is brilliant. They've spent months and months doing it. So it would have to be a really special band to follow that. And you went together? Yeah. yeah, we went. We went. We went as a band. We were on tour. We were in Phoenix, and we got the, we got in our tour bus and took the bus to Vegas to see it. And they were really nice to us. They gave us a nice seats and they fed us and everything. It was lovely. Oh, us, yeah, it was it was brilliant. That's yeah. gorgeous. Really great night. Um, out of the names I've just mentioned there, and Bon Jovi, you know, Dire Straits, The Jam, REM, The Specials, U2, XTC. Um, who who were the biggest nightmare there? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose when the support bands are all really well behaved, yeah, are they? they are. Yeah. Yeah. Who could you who could you tell? I mean, they've all done pretty well. Let's face it. Yeah. Um, who, could, could you tell? Did you? Were you around for the support band back then? Were you witnessing? 
Did you choose them? How so, involved so were you? So one that wasn't on the list, that uh, Simple Minds opened for us as well. That, oh. I think it was like their third gig. I do remember watching uh, them from yeah. the side of the stage yeah. and thinking they had something really and What, what kind of venues are we talking where these, these bands are supporting Squeeze? Uh, let's put it this way. When, uh, when Simple Minds opened for us, I don't think there was a stage we were playing in a hall. Right. It was just set up on the floor right. in front of people. Right, right. Uh, there was no was small venues. Yeah, you know. Exciting it, times, though, eh? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was small, but they were, they were great. They were really fully formed yeah. at that point. You can always tell that. With yeah, 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 yeah. So it's the gift, you know, if you want to support Squeeze, you know, you're going to go on to do great things. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, everybody. Badly drawn boy is Badly uh, drawn oh, boy, yeah. going to be so going on to some here, more great things. Um, not that I need to do, but it does, and I thank people for preparing these notes. It says here, Squeeze, you know, Glenn Tilbrook, Chris Difford, 66, 69, blah, blah, blah. Um, and now that that is Squeeze, but who have who's been in Squeeze over the years? Well, there's a long list. This is family tree. It's huge. Like who? I mean, we know Jules Holland's been. Jules in and Gilson Lavis were the, were originally with Harry Kakuli on bass, but there's been lots of changes then since, since then. And um, <clears throat> you know, the band that we've got now is the most vibrant of them all. I think it's right. the best band. I yeah, think it's, it's the best band we've ever had. Mm. Okay, mine. and you, you'll start rehearsing soon, or what's going on there? Well, we just come back from six weeks in America, so we won't be rehearsing. So you're done <laughs> next week. But you're baked. We're, 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 the cake for that tour is baked, but. We've got lots to do next year. We've got a couple of albums we're going to record uh, and then we'll start rehearsing so for the exciting. next year. Yesterday we had a lot of chat about warehouses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really want a warehouse. Really want a warehouse. That's a good idea. Have you yeah. had, any, had any warehouse action? As a band. <laughs> <laughs> that we can talk about. I can pass you some phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, have you, did, have you had a, a, ded, a, a dedicated space? Have you got your own? Because Jules has got a studio, hasn't he? Your yeah. railway place. Well, well, not, I've got a studio. We do... Everything in there we rehearse and record in there. Where, where yeah. is that? It's in Charlton, South Is it a warehouse? No, no, it's a separate <laughs> building. <laughs> please, please tell me it's a warehouse. <laughs> no, actually, it used to be, uh, rather ironically, given the state of my hearing, it used to be a hearing aid factory. <laughs> did it actually? <laughs> it did, yeah. A single, single hearing aid factory. So I, I was just couldn't believe it. I thought it was ideal for me. <laughs> You're getting itchy, fi- itchy fingers again. <laughs> Got a trigger finger going on. All right, so what do you want to play next? I'm going to play up the junction. Let's do it. All right. I never thought it would happen with me and the girl from Clapham out on the windy common that night I ain't forgotten when she died out the rations with some of the passions I said you are a lady perhaps she said I may be The Graham Norton Radio Show How exciting is this? With Waitrose Over on Virgin Radio Up and Adam, come on, things to do Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves we're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them. No stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose. Food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. No, please don't end. Control room. <laughs> Good, isn't it? Good that. <laughs> Lovely. So cool, isn't it? I just looked around in the middle of that, and uh, that view over South London's incredible. It really is, isn't it? Did it bring a tear to your eye while you're playing a, your songs? I thought that song was written down there. Oh, my goodness me. 
Dean the Chuck, good morning, Chris, and the beautifully gifted Squeeze Wowzers. How many fingers do you need to play guitars like they're playing this morning? Amazing. Abigail and Worthing, morning, Chris, Vast, Rachel, and Squeeze. I'm so excited and happy to hear Squeeze this morning. I'll be buying tickets on Friday to the Brighton show. Gigsandtours.com for this 50th anniversary tour. Tickets go on sale on Friday. Lizzie in Leeds says, hearing Squeeze on the show is an early Christmas present. They're my favourite band of all time. Oh, cheers, Lizzie. I saw them in Leeds in the 80s and in Wolverhampton in the 90s. Thank you. Well, Lizzie, make it, you know, at least a hat-trick in the 24s. Jill says, saw Squeeze at Delaware Pavilion in Bexhill recently. It was absolutely brilliant. It was a real trip down memory lane. Cool for Cats was the first vinyl I ever bought. Bing says, I had the seven-inch single Cool for Cats on pink vinyl. We played it at the Sunderland Polytechnic Communication Society disco in 1983. I cannot tell you how well it went down. Squeeze are awesome. <laughs> so you. much love for you, isn't that it? That's is beautiful, isn't Do you that? feel it? I'm feeling it now, definitely. Uh, have you felt it over the years? Oh, yeah. I mean, our audiences are very passionate about our music, and that's just, just so much joy. It brings joy. Yeah, it's amazing, and you you know you do like you do great business in America as well. Absolutely, the six week tour we just come back from <clears throat> virtually sold out the whole place, and it was great. We were with the band called the Psychedelic Furs, so yeah. it was a really great. Tour. Brilliant pink, were, brilliant pink vinyl. They were amazing. And um, is it because because I think I think that that you know when the, I first ever heard you you play, I can't believe you hit. I can't believe I'm here talking to you. I was, like, well, I was a paper boy. You know, I was listening to your music, thinking, "How great is this band?" But you did have a diff- your sound is different. Mm. It has that it has an ease to it, which lends itself to the American ear. I think, don't you? Don't you agree? Mm. I think um, you know what we are to Americans is um, you know because our subject matter is you know, London, England based. You know, it's sort of exotic for some people. That. <laughs> Definitely a niche market. I yeah. know that, but it's but. a different sound. It's it's not. Typically English in the way that everybody now thinks the Kinks are typically English, yeah. but they re- they achieve renown by not being to us to mm. the English here, and I think I think mm. not dissimilar. Yeah, not too dis- dissimilar. Yeah, bands that we grew up with, of course. On on the biog here, it's mm-hmm. another one of those annoying uh, pieces of information, Bassos, right, mm-hmm. which winds the rest of us up, um, because I know you have another song uh, prepared, like you need to prepare your songs, uh, but anyway. Uh, Tempted, the second single from the band's fourth album, East Side Story, which was released in 1981. Chris Difford wrote the song lyrics to this song while the band were in a taxi to Heathrow Airport. <laughs> on the back of, well, they, they began life on the back of a, a packet of 20 senior service. That was quite a big packet. And do, I was going to say, do you buy senior service because it's a better tableau? Yeah, it's, it is, yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. massive, weren't they, senior They're massive, service? Yeah. They were the they were the biggest pack of fags. You could tear them open. You could write a whole song on them. Yeah, they were mostly f- for notes. Um, right. Yeah, they were. They sec- um, second only to senior service would have been Capstan Full Strength. Ooh, Ooh. and they really were full strength. Those <laughs> bad boys. So <laughs> smokers coughed just yeah, the thought of it. And when when that you know such sort of complete and um, sort of uh, harmonious lyrics as we're going to hear in a minute from Tempted come to you is it fully formed is it one of these stories that we hear from somewhere else you're just the vessel um i think a lot of the best subject matters and lyrics come from somewhere else right you don't really think about them they kind of uh, come from the subconscious 
it's tapping into that. It's really difficult. Some sometimes it can take weeks to tap into that, yeah. just by sitting around, and sometimes just sitting looking out the window. It doesn't look like you're doing much, but you are absorbing something, and then yeah. and then it comes. Yeah. So there's that great. I can't remember who who said when they said, you know, how long did it take to write the song? Is it it is it true to like 15 minutes he said well 15 minutes and 35 years yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> same good, thing isn't it that's lovely beautiful alright well listen good luck you thank two thank you very and thanks much. for coming in I, I love it when you come in well, I think you're amazing you, so you, know, you know I think you're amazing <laughs> and you. so does everybody else by the way thank you uh, text in if you don't like Squeeze and tell us why yeah because <laughs> <laughs> I've never met anybody who doesn't like Squeeze have you <laughs> Hmm, that's a good question. No. Great. 8722, uh, start those texts with Virgin if you dare. Um, Gigsandtours.com for tickets. Uh, tickets go on sale at 10 o'clock this Friday for Squeeze next year. 27 dates. There may be more dates. Who knows? Uh, we're going to finish off with Tempted now. Tempted by the fruit of another. Tempted by the truth is discovered. What's been going on? Now that you have gone, there's no one there. Tempted by the food of another. Tempted by the truth is discovered. Yeah. Cheers, lovelies. Thank you. Gigsandtours.com for one of the best nights out of your life. Yes, it, you still have time to have one of the best nights of your life out, regardless of where you are in that life of yours. Why are you called Squeeze? Uh, it was a name that came out of the hat. It was named after the Velvet Underground album after John Cal and Lou Reed had left. <laughs> Did not know that. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Squeeze. Yeah. Great name, isn't it? It's good. It's it stuck. Worked. 50 years. <laughs> was it, were any other names on the shortlist? Hubcaps, uh, Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> oh. Really? Yeah. The Hubcaps? Uh, the yeah. Hubcaps. Can you imagine? No. Nope. No. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm quite imaginative, and I can't imagine. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank You're you. the best. That was Squeeze, everyone. Love the 80s? Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio 80s Plus.